Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So we continue our journey through these scriptures. I love it. I love being able just to walk through and the things that come up is just right out of here. And sometimes it's got a Baptist flair to it. And there's even sometimes where things that not all Baptists are going to agree on everything. Not all Christians are going to agree on everything. But today I'm not here to give you a a for or against the use of tongues or prophecy in worship. All I know is this, is that it's in the Bible and God gave it, whether it be for a time or whether it be for, it depends on the denomination, it depends on your upbringing. I know that if somebody were to break out in tongues in this service, in this sanctuary, people would call the paramedics because they would think something's wrong with them. But that's not necessarily the case. And I don't say that to make fun of anybody that would do it because there may be people in here that, that can speak in tongues because you may not believe this, but there are people that do speak in tongues, but they only do it in their private Bible studies, in their private times. And so the main thing is, is that if you can, just for the next few minutes, forego what you were raised to believe as a good old Southern Baptist. Forget what you think it is because of your friends who are on the other side of the Pentecostal and the full assembly kind of thing. And let's just kind of put both of those extremes out there and put them to the side and let's see What Paul says about this, because as we read this chapter, I want you to understand the church at Corinth was divided over this. There were the the speaking in tongues and the prophecy. If you had one of those two gifts, you were spiritual. And if you could show it off and if you could demonstrate it, then people would just say, oh, that person is so spiritual because they can do that. And so the assumption was, is that if I can't do that, that I'm not as spiritual as the person who can. And so there started to be the people that uh, thought that they were better than everybody else because they could do that. And then there were others that always felt like they didn't measure up because they couldn't. Now, we don't have that problem in our church here at good old Homeland Park. But I would say that a lot of times, especially in my time as a Baptist, Southern Baptist boy growing up in my time in ministry, I've seen a lot of times where we get to this part, the preachers just kind of gloss over it and say, well, you know, they just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But look, when I said we were going to go through the book of 1 Corinthians, we're going through the book of 1 Corinthians. So if you brought your Bibles, turn to chapter 14 as we look at the gift of tongues and prophecy. God, uh, may you be here today. And Lord, anything that is shared that is not according to your word, Lord, may it be stricken from our minds and our ears, Lord, that we are here not to see what we think, but to see what you have written through the Apostle Paul, Lord. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, through this, we the last couple of chapters, we've talked about spiritual gifts. And if you remember last week, we talked about the love chapter where Paul was saying, look, when you use these spiritual gifts, I want you to love one another. Well, God gives believers spiritual gifts for two reasons, to build up his church and to encourage other believers. So speaking in tongues and prophecies are not the only gifts. They are two gifts that have caused controversy since the beginning of Christianity. So Paul continues to hit the theme of using these gifts for the purpose of love. And so let's look, let's pick up right at verse 1 of 
chapter 14. And we see our first point for this morning is the gift of tongues or speaking in tongues and prophecy are to build up the church. Or to build up the church. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, I've done some research, and you can get on YouTube and other places, and you can see speaking in tongues, and you can see prophecy. And the thing is, I want you to see, is when you go and look at those things, or you know of people that do that, You have, I've been in church services where it breaks out. And again, I'm not judging. I'm just saying maybe maybe we can learn some stuff. Maybe there's some stuff that we need to reject as well. So whenever you see these things on YouTube, you see your favorite TV preacher or Internet preacher doing this, or you see friends doing this, don't filter it through what you were raised to believe. Filter it through God's word. So first and foremost, in continuing with the theme of love, he says, let love be your highest goal. He has just spent a whole chapter on telling us what love is, what love is not, that love is seen in action. So he, he, this is like a continuation. He says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the gifts of prophecy. I think it's important to see, he says, let love be your highest goal. It cannot be said enough that Paul was urging the believers at Corinth to use their gifts to build up the church and to build up one another, not to make themselves look popular. Paul begins with, let your love be the highest goal. Let me ask you something. Do you love others enough? Do you love God? Do you love the church Do you love others enough to find these spiritual gifts as God has given you and use them for the purpose God has given you? God has given you the purpose to build up people and to build his church. Now, we know that there are many people that are very famous today. They can sing, they can act, they can do all these things. And 90% of them started in churches. And they started using their gifts to build up the churches until finally people started telling them how great they were. And then they began building up themselves. Do you love God and others enough to pursue it? Look at verses 2 through 5. For you have the ability to speak in tongues, or excuse me, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking to God. Now that is important there. Whether you want to underline, highlight, or just make a note, you will be talking only to God. And I'm, I'm belaboring this, but there again, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. That is not my words. That is not the Baptist faith and message. That is not the Pentecostal rules. This is Paul saying that if you speak in tongues, you will only be talking to God. Why is that? Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, but we'll all be mysterious. So, again, I have seen people that have 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 done this the wrong way to where they're they're speaking in tongues and everybody's looking at them and we'll learn later. Nobody's translating. And it's all about them speaking this this language. And look, again, not judging. I don't understand it the way some other denominations do it. But I know what Paul says. If you are speaking in tongues, the main purpose is not to shout out in front of others and show everybody your gift. It is to talk to God and God alone. Now, I have prayed with people before. 
That they wouldn't, that they're not all upfront about, hey, I'm speaking in tongues, I need to do it in the worship service. But when they pray personally, when they pray privately, they start speaking in things that I've never heard of. And I really believe it's that. Look, I'm not, I cannot tell you this morning that speaking in tongues is over. And I cannot tell you that speaking in tongues is the preferred method for God to speak. Both of those two extremes. But what I do know is that it is a mystery. I do not have that gift. I have never spoken tongues. Maybe some of you have. I've never prayed in tongues. But this language that, that comes over us, it is from the Holy Spirit. We cannot take a linguistics class and learn this. We cannot string a whole bunch of words together and make it sound like that. It is a work of the Spirit. And then he says, but one who prophesies, they strengthen others. So again, speaking in tongues is to strengthen yourself and your walk with God. Prophesying is to strengthen others, encourage them, and comforts them. Verse 4, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So instead of tongues being a performance that God wants us to do, speaking in tongues is something that is for you to grow in your relationship with God together. It is to strengthen you and your walk. Now, prophesying and teaching and God giving you these visions or these teachings, it is for you to encourage the church. So it's very likely that someone can speak in tongues in their personal life and God tells them what to share through prophecy in their public speaking. Verse 5 says, I wish I could speak in tongues. Excuse me, I wish... You all could speak in tongues, but even more, I wish that you all could all prophesy. So he's saying, look, I wish all of y'all had that gift, but actually even better, what's better than that is prophesying. He says, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. So what we see here is Paul gives some instructions on how the gifts of the tongues and prophecy should be used in church. I'm going to show this to you on the screen. Uh, we can compare and contrast the two. First of all, tongues. Their purpose is to build up the speaker, the one speaking. It is a conversation between them and God. Okay? Speaking in the language that the speaker does not understand, but that only understood by God. The conversation thread is between God and that person. Many people, if you've ever heard someone speak in tongues, again, it sounds like gibberish. You don't understand it. That's why Paul calls it a mystery. You're not supposed to understand it. And the rare occasions when people do break out in tongues, it says here, if someone does break out in tongues, there better be someone there to interpret that. Because, I mean, think about this, folks. If if I were to say I have, let's say I, I watch YouTube enough to where I could pick up on some words and some phrases and some cadences, and I, this is total manipulation, and I'm not going to say I would do this. I would say I could go and I could learn to, to say, say it that so it would sound impressive. And then if I were to say whatever that gibberish is, and then I would say this is what God told me, 
It could be anything. It could be anything. And nobody would be able to refute it. Because it is something God told me. You realize how scary that is? When you think about guys like Jim Jones and David Koresh, I don't know if they spoke in tongues, but I do know this. They said, this is what God has told me, and nobody else understands it but me. You've got to be careful with that. It's not supposed to make sense. Paul says it's a mystery. The believer speaking to God for personal edification. The second one is prophecy. The goal of prophecy is not to build up the speaker, but to build up the church. Speaking in God's word to others is a way that binds them and encourages them. And we see that in verse 3. Here, here's the big caveat. And you never know. I'm telling you what, the devil did not want this morning to happen. There are so many things that have been going on. And, and so I don't know what's going on, but you never know. One of y'all might break out in it. If so, hey, we'll go with it. But here's the thing. Is that if someone gets a message from God and starts speaking in tongues or they start prophesying, they better... Whatever they're saying has got to match up into God's word. If you hear me preach and don't measure it by God's word, I could lead you astray. I could lead myself astray. If someone gets a special knowledge from the Lord, the Bible already says that his word is sufficient. Nothing can be added or subtracted from that. That's the reason tongues is not that big a deal today is because we have his word. And that is what we go by. So, Paul continues to, to talk about this. The conversation thread in prophecy is a horizontal communication model. Horizontal between you get the message and you, you distribute it to, pe- to the church, to people around you. Speaking in tongues is a vertical communication model. It is you talking to God and God talking back to the Holy Spirit in a tongue that only you can understand. Now, here's the thing about understanding these gifts as we look at verses 6 to 11. Before we read those, I just want to remind you of something that happened in 1995. Some of you will remember this. When a soldier joins our military branches, they are trained in warfare. They don't just hand everyone an assault rifle and wish them the best of luck. Oh, you used to hunt deer? Well, here, take this assault rifle. Oh, you had Nerf guns that you played with with your kids? Oh, you're good. They don't do that. They train them and they teach them how to hold them, how to use them responsibly. Just because you get the high score on Call of Duty does not mean that you are able to use the weapons that are put in front of you. In 1995, a man in San Diego walked right into the National Guard Armory He broke the locks that was securing a tank. He got in the tank, and he went on a rampage. Some of you will remember that. That tank was going down the streets of San Diego, Diego, and it was not going down the middle of the street. It was going down the sides of the streets, taking out parked cars, taking out utility poles, knocking out power, and and they ended up getting to the highway, And then what he tried to do was, you know, those big dividers like they're on I-85. He tried to cross that and pop the tracks off of the tank. He couldn't go anywhere. And then the police officers got into the top of that tank and neutralized the situation. A tank 
somebody walked up to the National Guard, got in a tank, and went on a joyride and caused a lot of havoc. I don't think anybody was killed in that other than the person that was driving the tank. But here's my point. Tanks. I've I've seen one. When I was a kid, they had like the touch a truck thing and they had like the, the tanks. You go, ooh, that's pretty cool. But I cannot imagine using one. Do you imagine the responsibility that oh, this this war machine, thankfully it was not armed, this war machine, this man uses it and runs over people and causes damage. That is the same thing with spiritual gifts. That is especially the same thing with prophecy and speaking in tongues. You better not mess with it unless you are trained and gifted by God to use it because if you are not and you fake it till you make it, you will do more damage than you ever thought you could do as good. Eight times in this section of Scripture, Paul uses the word understanding. It is not enough to minister or to give people information People must receive it for it to do any good. Look at verses 6 through 9. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would you, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that would be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like a flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. If the burglar doesn't, a bugler doesn't sound the clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It is the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. So Paul is telling them, look, okay, you guys think that you have this gift. You ladies think that you have these gifts. What are people getting from that? Are you just making noise? Or are you communicating the truths of God? If these do not communicate God's will... Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, some of the examples I saw online were some of them that they would go into that speak and then they would endorse a political candidate. Or they would go into those speakings and they would talk about the church votes and the politics of the church as they were going on. I don't know about you, but when I read this, it's got nothing to do with the election. It's got nothing to do with whatever problems the church is going through. It's got nothing to do with woke culture. It's all about glorifying God. That's what Paul is saying. And if I am wrong, feel, and I'm just telling any time I preach, if I am wrong or you see something you don't agree with, I pray that you talk to me, and if I'm wrong, I will tell you, because I don't want to be, just because I've got the title pastor on my name, does not mean that I know everything, but I know what I'm reading today right in the Scripture. Verses 10 and 11. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. Did you know that there are currently over 7,000 languages being spoken by people around the world? 7,000. I remember when I was younger and my parents took us to, uh, I forget how old I was. I mean, just a little kid. Well, I was a big kid, but a little kid, young kid. And uh, 
uh, we went to Florida and we went to the, the mouse place and we stayed in a hotel. All of a sudden, I started hearing people. I had no idea what was going on. And then I looked at the, the, the elevator that said something about it in Casa de Fuego. In other words, in case of fire, I didn't know. But I said, Where am I in a foreign country? I thought I was in Florida. I remember first time they went to New York. I remember, my goodness, I feel, there is nobody here that is white and American like me. I heard languages. I smelled smells. I saw dresses. I saw things that I'd never seen before as a good little Southern Baptist boy. But my point is, is that all of these different things that I, I, I did not see, this Speaking in tongues is a way for people, no matter what language it is, no matter what language it is, for people to understand. We also know that if you go into Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where the day of Pentecost came down, we saw that everybody started hearing people speak in tongues in their own language. In other words, there was some kind of language that everybody resonated with, where some of this comes from. But understand this, knowing a language is a gift from God. And all languages have meanings. If all you hear is, like, sometimes, like, if you've ever, I know my wife tells me about when she goes and gets her uh, toes done. Was it pedicure? Okay. How many of y'all go get pedicures? Okay, no shame in that. Come on, dudes, go ahead, raise your hand. (laughs) All right. I hear that, I hear that's the rage. Uh, I get a pedicure, but it's called going to the podiatrist, all right? Uh, Don is fun. But, but I've seen commercials and television shows, and Don has told me that a lot of times the people working on your feet do not speak the same language as you fluently. Or if they do, they decide to use their native language when they're talking to their friends across the seats. And you know they're talking about you! You know they're saying, oh my goodness, have you seen these nasty monkey toes? It's a good thing this person came in. You don't know what they're talking about. But the thing is, is that you hear language, but you cannot understand what they're saying. What good is it? What good is it to have a special godly language in a public forum where you spout off something that God has told you, but nobody understands it? Verses 12 through 19, this is the long run and we'll be... We'll be heading home. The third thing that we see is the application of these two gifts. So we saw what they were about, that they had to be used in love. We saw the understanding of them, and now we see the application of them. Verse 12, and the same is true for you, since you are so eager to have special abilities that Spirit gives, seek those who will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues, should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. Paul himself says in verse 14, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit. I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? What benefit is it for you to be given a show that only you and God know and nobody else knows 
They get nothing out of it. And all they're doing is disrupting what's going on in the service. I don't know about you, but my feeling is, is that if you are in the service, okay, speak in tongues, but interpret what it is. And make sure that it is in line with God's Word. Now, I've got some dear friends that are on another different denominational lines. And maybe they can have lunch with me and straighten me out. But for what Paul says here, for our practice, is that if someone does speak in that, it needs to be for the benefit of everybody. Verse 17, you will be giving thanks very well, but I don't, I won't strengthen the people who hear you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in church meetings, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. That's what I love about, about teaching and preaching, and I'll tell others about, you know, somebody would teach a Sunday school lesson, or, or even when I used to speak to youth, I would tell people, look, if you're going to speak to these people, even when I preach here, look, I've got three points, and that's okay, and I'll tell people, look, it's okay if you don't make every point, just make a point. Have something that's understandable. And so we see here that speaking in tongues should strengthen you before you, st- you speak to others. And then we also see, I don't know if you caught this here, tongues is a sign of judgment to unbelievers. Paul quotes Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12, which recounts the defeat of the rebellious and unbelieving Israelites at the hands of the Assyrian army that spoke in a language the people couldn't understand. Based on this, he says, Speaking in other tongues is intended as a sign for unbelievers that is a sign of judgment. So he's saying, look, if you remember back when your ancestors were were being attacked and the, the unbelieving Israelites were being attacked by the Assyrians, the Assyrians were using their language. The, the Israelites didn't know what they were saying. So that that language they didn't understand when they hear foreign languages, it reminds them of when they were being judged by God. So that's one thing about about tongues. In 1 Corinthians 20 through 25, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scripture, and again, this is Isaiah 28, Verses 11 and 12. So you see, he says, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. But even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So Paul picks up in verse 22. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. However, prophecy is to benefit of believers, not unbelievers. So that was a lot of back and forth. So we can deduce from that speaking in tongues is a sign of judgment for people who do not believe and prophecy is used to encourage those who do believe. Verse 23, even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. But if all all of you are prophesying, 
they will be convicted of sin. In other words, he's saying if, if you walk into a church and everybody's speaking in this unknown language and nobody knows what's going on, it's going to look like pandemonium. It's going to be confusion. It's going to be no central message. The gospel will not be shared. And people will leave there thinking, that, they're crazy. However, if it's prophesying, it's telling people what they need to hear and communicating that in a way that is in line with God's word, that is what is beneficial. Verse 25 says, as they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among us. My fear as good old Southern Baptists that have been raised in traditional environments. My biggest fear is the Holy Spirit would be here and nobody would even recognize it because we are too conditioned to worship like we worship every Sunday, to sit in our same pew, to hear the same kind of preaching, to hear the same kind of music, and do it over and over again religiously and never giving an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do something different. The use of tongues in prophecy and public worship, the prerequisites are the gift of tongues can be given to anyone but it's best used when the speaker has the gift of interpretation. In prophecy, it's given to those who are called by God and who have been prepared by the Holy Spirit. Tongues should not be spoken in worship services unless there is an interpreter. Again, there are many godly people who in their personal lives and even when they pray, may pray in this unknown language, these tongues, and it makes perfect sense to them. And that's okay. I, I'm I mean, it's in the Bible, so it's got to be out there, right? But at the same time, it doesn't need to be like we've all assumed it should be. It's got to be in line with the parameters that Paul is saying here. While both tongues and prophecy are important, prophecy builds up the church. So as we wrap all of this up this morning, speaking in tongues and prophecy are used to build up the believer and the church. God gives believers spiritual gifts to build his church, to encourage believers, and to reach non-believers. Speaking in tongues and prophecy are two of those. What do you think, Paul, as we've gone through this part of the chapter, you tell me, what, what do you think Paul was trying to get across to these people at the church of Corinth? It sounds like to me he was trying to say it's not about the show It's about the content. It's not about what it looks like or how spiritual you look. It's about who gets the glory. I think that's probably it too. God would say, when you're doing these things, who gets the glory? Do you get the glory or do I get the glory? If you did not have the gift of tongues or prophecy, the good thing is you will have other gifts. Watching God's people use the spiritual gifts he has given them in love is proof that God exists. Look, we can say that we are a loving church. We can have some very sweet people in our church that do very sweet things. But if we don't show our love and actions to people around us and in our community, it is just lip service. Watching God's people using their gifts in love, will be the proof that the presence of God is here among us. And that's not something you can fake. 
Either you're doing it or you're not. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for our time together this morning. And Lord, I know that, that speaking in tongues and prophecy is not a, a big thing that uh, has normally been something for our church and churches like us. But Lord, I know that even in this moment, there are other church services where the tongues are flowing and the interpretations are being shared and the prophecy is flowing. And I pray for those services that, Lord, again, all of that would be used to glorify you. But for us, for here, right now in this moment, the invitation is this. The Lord, there is a clear message today. God loves you. He has gifted you. And he wants you to use your gifts for others, not to build yourself up, but to build up his church. There may be one here today that is not saved. And they want to get that Holy Spirit power today. Today can be the day. Maybe someone wants to come to the altar and pray or join the church and be baptized. Whatever their decision is, this time is for you to get them to respond. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand?